You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. And then, the, then, then if they weren't here last week, you can say, why weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. I want to teach this morning on the topic of the joy of the Lord. And when I teach it this morning, I'm not talking about a human joy, one that comes from happiness, which is the result of your life prospering in areas where you're in a pleasant situation. I'm talking about a joy that, extinct, that conclusively comes from God himself. It is actually the atmosphere of heaven, the joy of the Lord. I want to talk about it, and I want to show you how to get it in your life, how to make it full, so that during the holiday seasons, no matter what you're facing, you'll be able to go through with the joy of the Lord. Are you ready for it, church? Give me a blessing. Now, make a note of this. The joy of the Lord is a divine intervention of God on your behalf. In other words, whenever God moves into your life supernaturally and does something to bless you or to help you, he leaves with what he gives you, joy. And that joy comes specifically from him. It doesn't come so much from what he gives you as much as it comes from him, the giver. Amen? So there's an intervention. In fact, I'll show it to you in Scripture. Just write this down for reference. Acts 8.8, during the Samaritan revival, it says that there was great joy in the city. That's because there was incredible miracles done through the evangelists in that area. And so the whole city was blessed by this supernatural encounter with God and, and great joy broke out. The Apostle Paul said that I want to finish my race. And he went, had a lot of suffering. He said, I want to finish it in joy. And in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul said this about joy. He says, I'm praying that as you believe, your joy will be made full inside of you. So believing and joy are connected together because you have to have this intervention by God into your life for the joy to happen. Can you say amen? It doesn't come just because your bills are paid. It doesn't come just because of this or that. You know, this microphone does not sound right. Give me a handheld. Turn to your neighbor right there and say, Pastor's great. All right, you got it? This is too powerful. I don't want to be messed up by a stupid microphone. So the joy then, it's a, it is a, an action where God manifests to you something. And when he does, he leaves not only with the object, but he leaves you with his joy. And that joy will carry you through difficulties. It will carry you through burdens. It'll carry you through valleys. It'll carry you through it. And it's what the church needs in America today. We need the joy of the Lord. You go into too many churches, they're way too somber and the praise is pitiful and, and people are not excited. You know why? They haven't had a supernatural encounter with God. If they had supernatural encounters with God, they'd be rejoicing. They'd be, come on, they'd be praising God. They'd be jumping up and down. Amen. Amen. Now, 
Turn with me over to John's Gospel in chapter 16. And I want to show you what Jesus said. This is what he said right before his death and resurrection. He's preparing the people for his departure, even though he would come back and appear to them for 40 days. But he said this, and in that day, say it with me, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say unto you that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full. Now I want you to notice he preferences it. And says in that day. What day is he talking about? Well we know it wasn't right after the resurrection. Because he appeared to his disciples for 40 days. And they asked him loads of questions during that, the times that he was manifesting himself to them. But what it is referring to is the 10 days that they waited. Remember, he, Jesus told him, he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem till you receive power from on high. And so they waited for 10 days. And then at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. And so when he says in that day, he's talking about when the Holy Spirit empowered the church for service and for the miraculous. Can you say amen? And he says, in that day then, when whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you so that your joy might be made full. Now notice he stresses the joy more than he stresses what you've asked for. In other words, what God wants to do is he wants to bless you, but he wants his joy to be in your life. The Bible says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. And so the presence of God came on the church, and the church was in this position now that they were empowered by the Holy Ghost and the presence of God there, and great joy broke out. And you see this all through the New Testament. Even when Paul was in jail, chained to the Praetorian Guard, he wrote the book of Philippians that repeatedly says, Rejoice in the Lord again, I say. Rejoice in the Lord again, I say. He was in jail when he wrote that. But there was a power in the joy of the Lord that came into his life. And maybe you're here today and you don't have much joy. I'm believing today that God's word will get down into you. And it will transform you and bring you into what God wants. One of the reasons why in the church today we don't see the joy of the Lord is because we've replaced the supernatural with the natural. And we're trying to run a church through natural means rather than to believe in faith and, and trust in the presence of God to, to have an encounter with God so that God can bless us. And so we got a church load of people that many of them have never encountered God. They're not even saved yet, but they're going through this religious form of godliness, but yet there's no power. What I'm telling you today is there's power, and that power will not only save you and not only heal you and not only deliver you, but that power will give you a joy unspeakable full of glory. You want people excited in the church? You get the drug addict that God's power has delivered, and that guy is going to know how to praise God in the service. You get someone that was an alcoholic, and God delivered him from that, he's going to have something to praise God for in the service. You get someone that his marriage was falling apart, and they were about on the rocks ready to be divorced, and God supernaturally 
came on his wife and his wife forgave him. They're going to praise God in church. You're going to find situations that are impossible. But when the Holy Ghost and God's presence is manifested, everything changes. And the power of God creates this joy inside of us as we petition the Lord and believe God. Is that powerful? And so we want happy people, not religious people that are unhappy. We want people that have that joy of the Lord in their life. Then you become contagious to the unbeliever because they want to get what you got. But they're not going to want to get saved if you go around moping all day and are depressed and everything and looking for medication because you can't handle each day. They're not going to get saved. But they're going to get saved if you've got a smile on your face. And God's presence, the aurora of God, is around you. And you are, you are in joy. And even when all hell breaks loose, you got the peace of God. And you're rejoicing at what God is doing in your life. <laughs> Woo, I tell you what. This truth is so life-changing. When you understand that God's presence not only meets our needs, but with it gives us joy. Write this down. Everything that God gives us comes with his joy. Everything. If it's a promotion, it comes with his joy. If it's restoration, it comes with his joy. In fact, this will blow your mind. Even God's discipline comes with joy. I remember one time I was in a meeting, it was a Bible study, and the Lord spoke to me, and I was so excited about it. But you know what he said to me? He says, I'm going to chasten you because of this. And afterwards, I was thinking about that. Well, that's actually kind of bad. But there was so much joy because God's presence was there that I just received and said, Lord, thank you. You know best for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. He was easy on me. Say Amen. Joy is that powerful. Look at these verses with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 28. Look at this. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. That is one of the verses that Peter quoted at Pentecost when the Spirit fell. He quoted it from David's Psalms who spoke it out. And David knew that. He knew that in God's presence is joy. In fact, look at the next verse. It says the same thing. In, in Psalm 1611, you, uh, you will show me the path of life, and in your presence is the fullness of joy. Look at this. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Come on, church. Give God praise. But did you see that? It says in the text that in God's presence is the fullness of joy. Mm. You know, before I met Jesus, we had happy moments in our life, just like everybody else. But it wasn't the joy of the Lord. It was natural joy, human joy. But it wasn't the same thing. And when I met Jesus and God's presence came into my life, there was a joy. A, when I was forgiven of my sins, I was overwhelmed by the joy that I had. For the first time in my life... I felt like I had a purpose. I felt like I could do anything with God because those sins had been removed. Listen, today in this service, what you need most 
is God's presence in your life. And if you've received Jesus as Lord of your life, God will move into your life. And the Spirit of God will not only come within you, the Spirit of God will rest upon you. And I want to stress that because this is the key to peace. Not just having the Spirit within us. The Bible said that God will never leave us or forsake us, right? And we trust in that and people say, well, no, I'm eternally secure, all that stuff. Because he's within us, right? But what about him resting upon you? That's what Jesus told the disciples. I don't want you to do anything, he says, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Until power comes upon you. And here's the problem. Sometimes the power comes upon us or his presence comes upon us, but then it leaves. There's a victory in a person who has the Holy Spirit that rests upon him or her on a regular basis. Let me give you an example. When Jesus, we know that Jesus in his ministry did everything as a man anointed with the Holy Ghost. He was God, but when he came to this earth, he emptied himself. Because he wanted to be an example for us. He knew that if he did everything by his deity, then after he left and went to heaven, we wouldn't be able to do anything he did because we're not God. And so he operated on the earth as a man anointed with the Holy Ghost. That's why you don't record, see any miracles that Jesus did until after he received the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about in doing good to all those who were pressed to the devil for God was with him. Well, I thought he is God. Well, he is, but he didn't operate from that. Are you following me so far? So now watch what happens. He goes to John the Baptist, setting an example for us. John baptizes him. And then when he come out of the water, John looks up and the heavens are open. In the Greek, it means they're tore open. And he sees the Holy Spirit descend like a dove upon Jesus. But he says this, and they'll put, this, put it up on the screen here. It said that the Holy Spirit he saw remained on him. It didn't just come upon Jesus and lift. Like the prophets of old, uh, the Spirit of God would come on, they'd prophesy, and then the Spirit would lift. Or they would do a miracle. The Spirit would come on them and, and it would, would lift. But this time the Holy Spirit stayed on Jesus. Can you say amen? Look at that. Descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now this is the key to joy. Joy comes from his presence. So the more God's presence rests on us. And doesn't depart from us. The Spirit of God, like I said, is within us and is within us all the time. But God wants his presence to rest on us all the time. If it does, there's going to be a manifestation of joy in your life. Please don't play with the lights. Amen. But I've got joy. I got joy. Now, I want you to see something here because this is, this is so powerful when you look at this. It said that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Not like an eagle. Not like a sparrow. But a dove. Which means that God wanted us to look at the Holy Spirit in the light of the way a dove is for a certain reason. The dove, if a dove is a very 
nervous bird. If you startle it, a dove will lift off. If you yell really loud, a dove will fly away. Very nervous bird. So I want you to imagine something. The Holy Spirit comes on him as a dove. Imagine if I had a dove on top of my shoulder right here. And I wanted the dove to remain on me. And I'm going to go down the stairs. How would I do that? I would go that by being very conscious of the dove on my shoulder. I wouldn't want to forget the dove was on my shoulder. I would want to be very conscious of it. This is the key. The more conscious you are of the Holy Spirit, the more the Spirit will rest upon you. Let me describe it to you from another angle. Two, two cups. One doesn't have water in it. One has water right to the top. If I took the cup that didn't have any water in it and I gave it to someone, he said, I want you to run to that end and run back with the cup. They would probably take the cup and just run along like this and look and all this kind of stuff, right? But if I gave the guy another cup and said, okay, take this cup that's got water, water in it and I want you to run and then come back. He would run like this. He'd be looking at the cup because he doesn't want the water to spill over. When you're full, you're more conscious of the Holy Spirit. When you're full of him, when he fills you up, you're more aware of the things of the Spirit and, and the joy of the Lord is more prevalent, but you've got to be cautious or you've you got to have a, a awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life to do that. Ephesians tells us, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And in the Greek, it simply means to be continually filled. Not in that crisis that you had 10 years ago, and you're trying to live off the filling that you got back then. But every time you come to worship, you, you praise until you're full of the Spirit. Every time you pray, you pray until you break through. Every time you seek God, you pray and, 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 until you're full, full, full of the Spirit. And then you'll become more aware of the things of the Holy Spirit. And you'll have more encounters with God. And the more encounters bring more joy in your life. Amen. Because every time the Holy Ghost, God's presence answers a prayer. There's going to be joy attached to what he gave you. And your joy is going to be made full. Not by the thing, but by the one who gave you the thing. God. Are you following me? So we need these supernatural interventions of the Holy Spirit in our life through prayer to get us the blessings that we need of God. We need them. And people don't understand something that when you pray, many times you've got to pray through things. And many times there's a warfare that goes on. And you may start out and you're a little bit in doubt and unbelief. But if you stick with it long enough, you will get filled up with the Holy Ghost. And that's what you need. Because as soon as you are conscious of the spirit at that level, you're conscious of all the desires and the wants 
and the, and the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. In other words, you'll become aware of people's needs. You'll walk into a group of people and you'll sense that person is broken. You'll sense that person needs prayer. You'll sense that person needs a word of encouragement. And I've had this happen in my own life that when I was filled with the Spirit outside of the pulpit, that I became very sensitive to the needs of people. And then I remember one time I was in a, I was in a waiting room of a hospital and I just felt drawn to this older lady sitting there. And I sat down with her and I said, I know you don't know me from anywhere, but I'm a pastor and the Lord just told me to pray for you. What, and she starts crying and she just started sharing her heart and, and it was a Holy Spirit encounter. Well, after that happened, my joy was through the roof because I not only prayed in the name, but the name gave me the results. Can you say amen? So the, so the petition itself was fueled by the joy of the Lord in my life. I'm tired of being around people that are Christians that are sad all the time. All they need is answered prayer. Get away from that stupid theology that says God sometimes says yes and sometimes no. In God's will, it's always yes. You stick with it in faith, praise God, until you see the manifestation of God in your life. Or you'll start to expect nothing from God. I expect God to move mountains. I expect God to cast out devils. I expect God to deliver the drug addict. I expect God to break addictions of pornography off people. I believe that God restores situations that you normally can't restore that most people couldn't forgive. I believe that God can touch you and you can forgive them and God can bless you. And that produces joy if you just dare to believe it. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. People are not blind by their own initiative. It's supernatural blindness from the devil and demons that make people blind. It takes the power of God to lift that blindness so that they can give their life to Jesus. So they can realize, man, I'm on a road to hell. I'm on a road of torment. God revealed, God, thank you so much for showing it to me. And that person, when they get saved... They're going to make us that have been saved in the past go, oh, I need to get saved all over again. Look at the joy in that person. Whew. Fired up. And they're ready to break new barriers, new boundaries in their life and to believe for the impossible. When I gave my life to the Lord, I, I, for the first time I read in, read in the Bible that verse I, I read to you. And I told the people of the Bible study, I said, well, what do, how come we're not praying for more stuff? And they said, well, you don't understand. You haven't been in the faith long enough. And I said, wait a minute. The Bible says that his name's above every name. Now, I'm not brilliant intellectually. But it says that I can ask whatever I want in the name of Jesus. It's just got to be his will. And God will give it to me. Amen. Now, I know there's people get discouraged and things don't always work out the way we want. But you have to have that joy of the Lord to really receive what God has for you. Now, I want you to write this down because this is an important concept.
You have to be conscious of the Holy Spirit more and more and more to have the joy of the Lord be manifested in your life. If you start to live your life not being conscious of what he's speaking to you in your heart, him moving in your life, you will find yourself becoming very joyless and you won't find the joy of the Lord. But if you would just take the time to wait on God and say, God, I know you're here in this situation. I need you, Jesus. He will manifest, and when he manifests, it's going to give you a breakthrough. Now, I say that during the holiday seasons because of this. Whatever you are conscious of is what you will attract. If all you're conscious of is the fact you don't have enough money for Christmas, that's exactly what you attract. That's just what the devil, if you're conscious of your fears, oh, I don't want to be around those people again. I don't want to have to do that again. That's what you'll attract. But if you reverse it and say, Lord, I'm going to be conscious of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray through until I get my breakthrough. Then the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in your life, and you won't spend the holidays all stressed out and pulling your hair out or what's left. Say amen. Praise God. Now, I'm going to say something here. I want to show you something. Do you remember one time Jesus, he had just done a miraculous miracle. And he was walking along with a crowd of people. I don't know how many people, 1,000 people, 2,000, I don't know. But he's walking along, and they're all following him. I'm sure that he's carrying on a conversation with the people next to him. And all of a sudden, he stops, and he feels power go out of him and go into a woman who had a blood issue that spent all of her money on doctors and grew worse. And he stopped and said, who touched me? Now, why did he say that? Because he was conscious of this atmosphere that was around him. The Holy Spirit rested on him. He was conscious when someone tapped into the power of God's presence and powers on him. And the woman felt the power come out, felt she was healed. Can you say, oh man, this is so good. But the church in America, they don't believe like that. See, when the Holy Spirit is manifested or rests on you, the atmosphere around you is the kingdom of God. That atmosphere is where God reigns. That's why it says that God inhabits the praise of his people because in real praise, God enthrones, that's what it means in the Hebrew, enthrones in the praise of the people. And in real praise, he begins to deliver people. Why? Because the kingdom is manifested in the praise, in the presence of God, in the anointing of God, it is manifested. So Jesus ran into a woman that believed she could be healed because... The Holy Spirit rested on Jesus. She knew that there was an atmosphere around Jesus that was from heaven that could deliver her of her illness if she just exercised her faith and she was delivered. And if you read on in the Gospels, you'll find that the people that saw that miracle, it says, then other people started to touch Jesus' garment and get healed. In other words, they caught on. I don't even need to touch Ask Jesus, all I need to do is get next to the anointing and draw from that. And guess what happened? Joy breaks out. 
Supernatural joy. It blesses you. It puts you over the top. It brings you into the blessing that God has for you. But here's where the problem a lot of us have. We don't know what we possess. Well, you know, I prayed in the spirit one time. I remember God came over me at camp meeting. Or I remember I was in youth group and the spirit of God came over me. And, and you go, that was then but not now. And you, you don't understand what you possess. Let me show you the power of what happens when you know what you possess. You remember when Peter and John, after they had received that power, they were going up to the temple to pray. And they went up there and there was a man there begging for money. And Peter, I'm paraphrasing, basically said this. I don't have any money. But what I do have. Woo! In other words, Peter knew what he had. What he had was Jesus Christ. What he had was the name of Jesus. What he had was the power of the Holy Spirit that was upon him. The Holy Spirit just wasn't within him. The Holy Spirit rested on him. And he says, what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk and grab him. And as he pulled him up, the power of God hit that man that was lame from, from birth and healed him. And there you got your first praiser. The guy was leaping and jumping and praising God. He wasn't even trained by a charismatic. <laughs> but he had joy. Because the miracle comes with the joy. It's that powerful. But if we fail to grasp what we have, we don't write those faith checks. I'm not talking about money here either. We don't write those faith checks for as much as we should if we don't know what we possess. We think we're humble by asking for little instead of asking for much. But when you understand what you possess, then you start saying to yourself, listen, we can see this whole nation saved. Yeah, we can, we can get this. We can do that. There's no stronghold that's so big. There's no power. We can, get, we can get prayer back in the schools. We can change things, praise God. And we start to use our faith. And then when God starts moving, joy starts breaking out in his people. And they start rejoicing once again on how big God is and what God can do in your life if you let him. He's big, bigger than you think he is. But you've got to know what you possess to be able to do this. Look at this verse, Romans 14, 17, what it says. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, it isn't something of this earth it's something that's in heaven. It's spiritual. It is, it is in the presence of God is this joy. In the presence of God is this righteousness. In the presence of God is the peace that passes all understanding. That's what heaven is like. And whenever the kingdom is manifested, that's what's manifest. You remember Jesus one time, the people said, what should we look for for, your, for the return of Jesus or return of the Lord? And he says, it's not coming by, by outward observation. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. 
Now, he said that because he was within them. He was in their midst. The kingdom of God was in Jesus because the Holy Spirit rested upon him. And he was given the spirit without measure. But when he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit here to the earth. The problem with the American church is we don't believe the way the early church believed about the power of the spirit. We don't believe it. Let me show you the power in this. You remember the story of Peter? He's collecting offerings. I don't know what they were for, but he's collecting offerings. And it's not in a church service, just he's there just doing it. And a guy comes up and says, I sold my, all this property and here's all the money for it. He's lying. The presence of God is so strong on Peter that he, he discerns through the discerning of spirits. He's lying, tell him he's lying. He falls over dead. His wife comes. Peter tests his wife. His wife goes along with the lie. She falls and dies. And then what's remarkable about the story is there was a, a great departure within the church. All the would-be Christians left. And all the ones that loved Jesus stayed. And then something very special happened. It says that they took people that were sick and they put them on the streets. They put them in the corners. They put them in the highways and the byways because the people knew that Peter was a man of God and that the kingdom of God, that atmosphere was around Peter. They knew that. They knew that all you had to do is get close to Peter and you could receive the benefits of the kingdom. And so what's powerful about the story is that I imagine many of them said to themselves, you know, I heard Peter, he drinks coffee at this one place. So if I take my aunt down there, she's got cancer they can't seem to cure. If I he'll walk, Peter will walk right by her. Oh yeah, I heard that Peter was down at the local 7-Eleven. That's where he gets a Slurpee every day. And so they were planning out where Peter walked. And they laid out all these people. And it says that if Peter's shadow went over them, they were healed. But there's no substance to his shadow. But he's not talking about the shadow of Peter. They're talking about this Holy Spirit manifestation of the kingdom of God that surrounded Peter because the Holy Ghost rested on him. And wherever he went, that manifestation went. And all you had to do is get in way of that manifestation and you could be healed and you could be delivered. Just, just walk by him. Have him walk by you. Have him just go like that. Woo, yes. Praise the Lord. That's what they believed. And the Spirit of God moved mightily. And it caused great joy in the believers. And they, when they got together, man, the anointing fell. And, and people began to rejoice. And miracles began to happen. And the supernatural that, that, was, that seems like it's not normal in today's church was normal every time they came together. And no one left without God ministering to them. And people had joy, not happiness. Joy, 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 the Holy Ghost. It caused them to laugh. It caused them to run up and down the aisles. It caused them to leap for joy. It caused them to dance. It caused them to jump and go. All right, I'll get more dignified. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I, the joy of the Lord is a lifesaver for us. Because when you have that, you have his strength. 
And more than that, when I have his joy, I don't have his presence. And if I got the presence of the Lord, there's nothing I can't do. It's only when that presence is not manifested that we worry and we get fearful and we have all those problems. But when it's just his presence and in it is the fullness of joy. Listen to this statement. The reward that Jesus got for going to the cross, for taking our sins upon himself, for descending into the grave and suffering, all of that, the reward was joy. The Bible said that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Now, I know he got all authority and all that, but the main thing was the joy set before him. The Bible said in Hebrews 1, 9 or 7, it says this, that after Jesus was raised from the dead, that God anointed him with the oil of gladness above his companions. In other words, Jesus Christ has the highest anointing of joy in heaven that exists. Can someone out of say hallelujah to that? I had a couple come to the first service and uh, they went out to their car this morning and some thief had broken into the car, tore the wires out of the dash. I believe it was two vehicles. He said, Pastor, we were late today because of that. And she said, you had no idea how good that message was. They came down and they were down and out and the joy of the Lord picked them right back up. Say amen. Count it all joy when you fall into trials. And I'll guarantee you what's going to happen to them. She says, I don't, I'm, we're going to buy a house. I'll guarantee you in the name of Jesus, they're going to get a house and not have to deal with that anymore. And their joy is going to go through the roof because they're going to look back on the day that they counted it all joy. And the day they took the name of Jesus and said, all right, we're going to believe for what we need in our lives. And Jesus Christ is going to give it for us. And they are going to rejoice and walk into that new house with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Anyway, stand to your feet with me if you would right now. And maybe you came down and out this morning. Maybe you're a little depressed. We want to break that right now. and Get Tommy on the piano there. Get the musicians up there. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up to heaven with me. Begin to thank him. Oh, we give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise, Father. We begin to thank you for the power of your spirit. We begin to thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the outpouring of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that all things work together for the good for those that love God. Father, let your spirit descend on us now. Let your spirit rest on us right now, Lord. Let your spirit rest on us. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I give you praise. I give you praise. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
Vara med andor och si för ådare bara kisir morodere. Vara med andor och barandere si för ådare man kusiti. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Start praising God right now in the valley. Start praising him right now in the valley. Start praising him right now as the spirit comes. Come on. Start praising him right now. Start praising him right now. Come on, there's going to be outbreaks. There's going to be outbreaks. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, Kodamasiki. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Just thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank you, Lord. We give you praise, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for your breakthrough, for the 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 breakthrough. We thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. Justin, can you get on the guitar and sing the Holy Spirit song for me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you know why you haven't been able to overcome the doubt in your life? You just need a little bit more joy. Then you're going to start laughing at the devil. You're going to say, in fact, it'll get so bad that you'll almost feel like you're laughing too much at him. He's going to be so upset. He's going, I can't touch this person. They're just laughing at me. They're laughing at what God can do. They're laughing at the power of God. They're laughing. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, barando recifro, darambo recifro, marante, ecoro cifro, teremasite, que monondiri, chifro, marandiri, kishi. My presence, I never want to withdraw from you, but I withdraw when you get in doubt. My presence is always for you. My presence is there to, to, to bring you out of the deep, out of the dark, out of the, out of the, the swirls of the volcano, or not the volcano, but the, but the current that is pulling you under. My spirit wants to bring you out of it, lift you up it, lift you up and over it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now worship this song with me if you would. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out riveroflifefellowship.org, our mobile app, and our podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at River of Life Kent to learn more and keep up with everything that's happening at River of Life Fellowship.